0: I'm switching gear a little bit because we we also want to talk a little bit about two things that's coming up uh, on top of ISO 26262, which is SODIV and uh, cybersecurity lifecycle. So do you think that we need them? And if we need them on top of ISO 26262, why do we need them? And how can we incorporate them in the current ecosystem?
1: I made the proposal that we make in part 13. Uh, of ISO 262, which deal at the end with SOTIF and explain how we can integrate at the end nominal performance in the given life cycle from ISO 26262, but uh, then people realize no, no, part number thirteen is not a good number, <laughs>
0: and so uh, they try to write their own standard. And just for 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 our audience. Can we first um, ask you the question, what is SOTIF for, for some of our audience?
1: It's difficult for me. At the moment, it was just the nominal performance of uh, environmental sensors, which provide at the end uh, the gap of these uh, perception systems and uh, the current standard, which had been published, uh, just addressing this topic. The new development of SOTIF at the moment is a huge discussion, So maybe a few weeks ago, there was a Safetronic where we met also quite often and we had also passionate discussion, Yeah, what are the topics? Is SOTIF more uh, safety functions on vehicle level? And do they addressing more the safety functions, uh, especially the nominal performance on vehicle level? Uh, Do we addressing with SOTIF also the nominal performance? Uh, of actuators and uh, of general control algorithm. How do we deal with timing? Uh, I think we have the fourth tolerance time interval. And uh, so maybe we need an external event and how fast we react at the end on an external event to extend that uh, by ISO 262 to address that. But the big gap I see at the moment in all that discussion We had at the end uh, ISO 262 uh, was neutral and gave just also here a high level answer, but uh, never addressing closed loop control systems. And we never had in mind uh, that it not should address closed loop system, but at the end, uh, any closed loop system normally have an interface to real world. And that real-world interface, so the road at the end for a brake system or for a steering system, the weather conditions which are influenced, you cannot make a contract with the weather, so you have to consider at the end nearly all kind of information and disturbances in your feedback of the closed-loop system, and that shows at the end why are the limitations of such a ZOLTI standard. So the question is really, can you deal with such limited that you say, i just addressing the nominal performance of a control system, of an electronic control system, or do you have to consider at the end the nominal performance of an entire system, including at the end the environment where it is operating and also the uh, other technology which is addressing. And so you're coming up always that at that point, both standards doesn't cover sufficiently Uh, really the interfaces of open world or the interfaces to the real world. And we must find at the end really solutions how we deal with the real world and the interfaces with the real world. And then we are back to security. (laughs) Because at the end, when we have at the end the standard written which prevent at the end that inside out no risk comes up, we need also somehow uh, standards which cover the outside in come up. But unfortunately, whenever you have a real-world standard, and it's not just the hacker who can influence in a negative way your system, it's the entire environment. So bad weather, corrosion, EMC, and all that stuff can also influence the system from outside. And if it is really a hacker, or if he is using the means of uh, mechanism, for example, by EMC to influence the system, Hassan, I doubt that we can do that with standards. And whenever we deal that here with standards, we always coming up at the end uh, that we have just one solution provided with the standard, but we have not a solution for entire system provided. And here we have to see at the end into other industries, other industry don't separate at the end, safety and security. And say at the end have always a uh, standard, how to manage the risk, So for example, machinery industry, they have the regulations with the machinery regulations, they have at the end, uh, of course, uh, risk standard, for example, ISO 12100, which deals at the end the risk of machinery. So the reason why there is a risk is that you operate at the end the machine. And the Mm -hmm. risk that we have today with our modes of transportation, which we call our road vehicle, is at the end the fact that we have a moving object. And unless that moving object, you have a certain risk that people in the environment of the vehicle could be somehow hurt or involved in an accident with that vehicle. And the fact that the vehicle is full of kinetic energy means at the end a certain risk, and we must learn at the end how to manage and how to deal with that risk. And for that we need at the end, of course, in machinery industry, you call that at the, the end organizational measures. These are all our road traffic regulations, how to deal at the end, for example, with automated vehicle? what are they allowed to do, where they are allowed to drive, because at the end, for example, in a normal urban road, especially on a German-style road, uh, you don't have a chance. Normally, for example, when you make your driving license, uh, you are teach to manage at the end all serious situation. And when you are in a situation which you cannot manage, you have to slow down with driving in order to prevent the occurring damages. So that is your task during driving. And whatever you say, We have a limit in the perception of our system, so we cannot at the end perceive all the critical situation in the mean. We have to slow down, but that means at the end all the automatic vehicle today have to slow down to a speed which we don't want. Mm -hmm. And so they're going at very low speed to our urban cities, because they are limited in the perception of the environment. And that is the question, how we deal, how we get that, that we train the systems much better. The question is really how we deal with artificial intelligence. Do we need at the end machine learning or do we need at the end intelligent algorithms which are learning the environment, which are based on empirical algorithm and not based on machine learning algorithm? So we need at the end a kind of artificial intelligence, which are similar like the humans, which learn continuously continuously uh, to improve at the end their performance and that they improve continuously their ability, etc., and all that stuff. And we must find mechanism how to release that during driving so that the vehicle at the end can use as much as possible. But at the end, a small child with very low experience, which is not that much trained uh, as we see it today, you must protect the particular in the road traffic environment. And whenever you get grown-ups, uh, you're starting to move faster and you are able to uh, manage at the end all the risks uh, that you know from road traffic. And this is at the end the same what we have to do with our system, but all the history... With all the experience that we have in our genes so that we uh, have already from the history whenever suddenly came up something when something with a strong noise comes up and we go somehow in a hood situation uh, and try to find at the end protection somewhere, uh, we must build all in a car and then of course all the mechanisms which are aware the regulations, etc., how we share the road space that we have or how we react at the end when people make mistakes, etc., and all that stuff. It's all big special remark. but otherwise, my opinion, uh, automated vehicle will not accept it if mm-hmm. we cannot manage all that stuff.